Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me to get you ready for NFL Week 16 action is Sean Lockhart, sports betting consultant. You can follow him on Twitter at Bear. Sean, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me on, Rob. It's always fun to come on and jam. We only got two weeks left of NFL, so let's get into it. We are going to make the most of it. And as a caveat, we are recording this on Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern. This week is a little bit screwy with the Christmas holiday, but we also have games on Friday and Saturday and Sunday and Monday. So I didn't think the worst thing that we could do is get some early leans and action out there for everyone, knowing that last week, one of the things that I talked about is Where do things sometimes go sideways in sports betting? It is when we do not follow our normal process. Well, this week is a not normal process week. But if you're someone who listens to this podcast on the regular, at least that'll be in your flow so we can help make this as consistent as possible for you. I love it. It's it's week we this week is always super tight. I don't think these spreads are going to move too much, which is why I like doing it on a Tuesday as well. Uh, these, these, uh, the market knows these teams very well at this point in the season. So uh, I think we got some edges though. We can definitely go over. All right. So let's do a quick recap of NFL week 15 podcast went one, one and one lot, even week. Uh, the Panthers covered, albeit gross. And I mentioned on the show that I was going to wait to see what happens to the live to the line at the time. It was Panthers plus eight and a half. And I waited for the live betting line and I'll, I'll drop a little nugget in terms of how I think about betting some of these dogs in live betting. So with it at eight and a half, I was like, there's a very good chance the Packers are going to score first. That can get that number over 10. But guess what? Even then, sometimes I don't press my luck because I'm like, all it takes is a three and out or a stalled drive. The Packers score again. Now, all of a sudden, that number is a little bit better. And I want to say the Packers went up 10 nothing, and that line shot to 13 and a half. And I was like, boom, I'll scoop that right there. So I scooped up the Panthers at 13 and a half. Of course, I was kicking myself a little bit later when at halftime it was 21 to three. And I was like, oh my God, I could have gotten so much more value. But the good news was, even though the Panthers covered in a backdoor fashion, I was able to get five extra points just by understanding how the flow of a game will be. So if you're someone who likes some of these big dogs going up against explosive offenses. So for example, if you liked Atlanta this week, there's no way I would be betting Atlanta right now. I would wait until the chiefs get the ball to see, let me get some game flow because Atlanta, I believe they're at 11 right now. You might be able to get them at 21 if all, all of a sudden they're down. And at that point, how comfortable do you feel about betting Atlanta at 21? 0%. But it's more of a mindset. I'm not saying bet Atlanta, but it's more of the way you think about betting some of these underdogs in games against an explosive offense. I like what you said there. That Panthers, especially, I think there was a, a fumble on the goal line in that Panthers game. That was returned the opposite direction for almost just huge game-changing plays like that, where you know the Panthers are the Panthers. 21 are they down really 20 points to this Packers team or is, is that a true score and like you said you could look at that in live betting all the time find your spots determine maybe there might be a little bit of bad luck that went the other team's way especially with some of these big dogs and like you said it paid off there with your Panthers live bet 
Uh, for me, the one push was on the Colts minus seven in the weirdest way possible. Both Texans Colts games ended on pretty much the two yard line with a turnover by the Texans. Unfortunately for me on that play, Kiki Kuti, I had his under on yardage receiving at 48 and a half. He catches, I believe a 23 yard um, pass hits the over, but fumbles to give me the push. So a little of column A, a little of column B, but for the sake of this podcast, I will take it. And then the big Mick money line parlay of the week got absolutely destroyed as we had both the Rams and the Steelers and get this. The Bengals were the largest home dog to win outright ever in the history of Monday night football. And this is the first time two underdogs of 14 points or more have won outright in the same week since week 13 of 1973. So it was a brutal, brutal beats. I mean, like suicide pools too. If someone made it that whole way and you saved two of those big favorites to, if you're going to make it and then to lose in that fashion, both of those big, I knew it was going to be, I wanted to come on and talk about the big, big money line parlay because there was no way that was surviving this week with those two big upsets. But I think this week there's going to be some good ones with some little bit, uh, not as big of favorites, but definitely some easy winners though. I am super fortunate. So DraftKings has a free $1 million survivor pool that I am still alive in. What? You didn't because use one of those? What? I had the Baltimore Ravens as the only option for me. So I didn't have the choice of all of them. And at this point in the season, you're just playing with scraps, but Baltimore was a team. I wasn't saving them. I was very strategic. And I think one of the mindsets that I have in survivor polls is one what is the second best pick because when the best pick goes down, that's where you see 40% go down. And then number two, I'm also just trying to get to the next week. And I'm actually in a big time predicament because I wanted to save Baltimore for week 17. They take mm -hmm. on the Bengals. It is the only game even remotely of note for me. But guess what? As we saw, things can happen. Injuries can happen. Derek Carr got injured. You don't know what week 17 looks like. And someone in the Sharp 600 community, when I put out, should I use the Ravens this week or try and get cute and using them in 17? They said, listen, man, you just got to get to the next week. And albeit I wanted to get cute, but it was complete the, completely the right call because they were a 13 point spread and everything else I was looking at was going to be like four, four and a half, like trying to bet that Arizona Eagles game. No, thank you. That's awesome that you're still alive. It's got to be down. They, there had to be so many people eliminated last week. It's just so tough to even make it this far in the season. And then to have the Ravens, and as you said, somewhat luck, but just I think it was all skill, Rob. I'll, I'll give you that. You're, you're still alive. And what, you got some good options this week, but you're right. Week 17 is always a crapshoot. But you never know with injuries or who, what teams are – some teams are playing for nothing. The Lions could – you can easily maybe get a double-digit favorite here that you didn't think you didn't see ahead going into week 17. And heading into last week, there was over 500,000 entries into their survivor pool. We are at 7,000 or less. And that's before wow. last week happened. And wow. this week, I might have to rely on the Browns against the Jets. So really, the, the options for me, which is actually very relevant, are the Bears taking on the Jags, which I may talk about in a second, the Texans taking on the Bengals, or the Browns taking on the Jets. 
I can't say any of those make me feel all warm and fuzzy inside because there's an element of trap to every one of them because that line is a little bit too big in all those instances. I agree. The Bears, especially, I mean, the Bears look ahead line before last week, before they just embarrassed the Vikings, that was like a three-point spread. Now it's already moved. They're seven and a half, eight, I'm seeing now. That's that's a big move for just uh, one week progression. But I, I think you got some you got some good favorites there, though, Rob. I, I like your chances. I, I, I'm going to be pulling for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And before we get to our week 16 um, bets, what I wanted to talk to you about is some bankroll management. So you recently had a post on Twitter. And by the way, they can follow you at the real Papa bear. You can follow me at Rob Cressy. And I love being part of the sports betting community and even more so for people who are guests on the show. And you were talking about bankroll management and you mentioned that you're a flat better, but then also you have something called the Chris Palma, which I'm going to let you explain. And I want you to say a little bit more about your bankroll management process, because at the end of every show, I say, be disciplined with your money management and something you said, made a ton of sense to me so bankroll management yes is probably the most important aspect of sports betting that generally never gets talked about in all the world of big bets and people who are making all this money and action and but it really comes down to bankroll management now the tweet was that i think 99 percent of bettors should flat bet and that basically means betting the exact same amount every game the whatever dollar amount it is one unit could be three percent of your bankroll whatever but just it bet exactly the same it, the ups and downs of sports betting, it helps you get through that mentally. When you get cold, we have a tendency as human beings when we lose a couple bets in a row, oh, I'm going to chase. I'm going to double my bet. I'm going to get it back. I need to get it back. I need to be where I was a week ago when I was a little bit more profitable. And that it's a long term that's going to lead to bad places. Same as when you're winning. If you get super hot and you've won a lot of bets in a row, a lot of bettors will, okay, now I'm going to double up. My, I'm going to be betting more every game now. And that's also going to lead to problems. I do think there is a 1% of better, and I use it with my Chris Paul. It's just a big bet. It's my big bets, my very confident bets, that if you have a bigger advantage, a bigger edge, and it's actually been proven over. I, I have a six-year sample size. I recommend some betters. Maybe just track it for a year before you start doing big bets to make sure that you, your process is correct when finding those bets. But if you do have a bigger edge over the market, it makes sense to capitalize on it. And I go four times. I go four times amount of my single unit bet. So it's a four unit wager. And over the last six years, it's hit at now 59.6%. And that is huge. If you say you hit 55% of your bets, single unit bets, if all day you're hitting 55%, making some slight profit, but then you get up to close to 60% on your bigger bets. That's where the money can be made. That's what I use. However, though, I do recommend for most sports betters just to flat bet because it's, it's, it's stressful. A lot of people do not like the big bets. They don't like risking uh, you know, a little bit more than they're probably used to, but it's all comfort level. But I would say just flat bet. I really would. It's for a long term, you would have more fun sports betting and you have a better chance to be profitable. I want to reiterate something that you just said that I almost never hear talked about. And that is around the anxiety of sports betting. Because we all love to be in this sweat together. When you see some of the games, like I said, that Arizona Philly game, you're watching that, man, you're sweating. You're, you're sweating the Panthers game right there. It's cool when I'm one unit betting, because for me, I'm really looking at, as I mentioned before, I do between one and 5% of my bankroll. And if I do win more, I may adjust my unit bet up to hit the 5% number. But it's something that in a given year, that number is not moving much one way or another. 
and the anxiety of it is much less for me. So in instances when, like last night, I lost two units on the Steelers live betting, once at minus three and a half and once at plus six and a half. For me, it was a loss. It sucks. I'm not really going to be that far out because I ended up even for the entire week as a whole. But if you can't handle the anxiety of this, this is where problem betting comes into play because you don't want to do something purposely for yourself that is literally going to cause you harm to the world that's around you. And you need to be able to recognize, remember, we have a bet called get comfortable being uncomfortable to teach you how to think about this because it doesn't mean your four unit bet is going to be on the chiefs every single time. It could be, but there's something inside of me that says, I'm guessing the majority of the people listening right now aren't sitting there with a data model that says, Hey Rob, Hey Sean, you've got a 12% edge on this bet based on what I'm seeing in the market to where you're unemotional about it. We by design are emotional as sports bettors. So if you're taking emotion to high risk betting and you're layering on a ton of anxiety for me, you need to ask yourself, can you handle that anxiety? Because if not, do not do it. Exactly. I think you're right. It's, it's such in the sports betting community too. the, the big bets get the attention or max bets. There's always, you know, I call it the Chris Palmer because it is, it's marketing in a way, but there's people that have it every day, every day, multiple ones every day. And I probably have about four or five a month because it, it, it gives me, it doesn't give me anxiety too much, but I get a little more sweat going obviously on my big bets when I have the big money down. And I, I like maybe once a week or when I do, when I find that edge that a book, or um, the market presents like a big edge because I don't find them every day, but it's, it's all up your personal preference. As you said, can you handle that? And on, I hit, so I've hit 59.6%. It's not a lock by any means. That's people always think like, Oh, the big bet, this is hitting 90% of the time. That's by no means even true. That's it's impossible. So if you can't handle losing almost 40% of those big spots, then you definitely shouldn't be doing it. But as you said, it's every better's preference. And I think over the time of betting in the course of betting in your life, you kind of figure out what you're comfortable with and what you really enjoy. And I, that's how, that's what betting responsibly is all about. By the way, is Chris Palma a person or what is the backstory behind that name? There is a secret. It's a, it's an ancient secret, but uh, it is a person that I just grew up with elementary school. It's a long story, but I'm sure I'll, I'll get into it someday on Twitter. I'm sure I'll share all that. Okay, wonderful. So that's a great way. Speaking of discomfort, let's get to our get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week. And the goal of this bet is for us to identify something that doesn't make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Because guess what? When we look at the 80-20 rule, there's a lot of those 20% bets that come through. And for me, there was one number that stood out to me right away that I originally identified as a live betting game to see what happens first. But as I looked through the slate, I was like, you know what? This has got to be my uncomfortable bet. Give me the Jaguars plus seven and a half taken on the Chicago bears for one reason. This has got to be the peak of where the bears are this year. I get it. They started out really hot, but right now, Maserati Mitch, he is doing donuts in that Maserati to the point where I can't believe I'm about to say this. There's a chance he could get franchise tagged and, or be the bears quarterback next year. And there's an inconsistency with the bears that I'm just not willing to trust them by no means. Is this a ringing endorsement for the Jags? 
What this is, is I am getting more than a touchdown and I am betting against the lack of consistency of the Bears, as uncomfortable as this is. And on the uncomfortable scale, I'm going to give this a, um, let me see here, a Jimmy Smith. I don't remember what number Jimmy Smith was, but he was in the 80s and Jimmy Smith was straight money. I'm giving this a Jimmy Smith. So the Jags are my uncomfortable bet of the week. I like that. As I mentioned, too, the Bears were the look-ahead line last week before the game was minus three. So it was the biggest move on the board of just one week difference. I like that bet for sure. Uh, my uncomfortable bet is the Dallas Cowboys. And I always feel super square taking the Cowboys this year, especially especially this year. They're very uncomfortable. Their defense is awful. They're, they make me very uncomfortable. But I took them last week as well against the Niners, and they got me a W because I do think this defense is on the uphill I think they are getting healthy, which is key. They've been, they've been a lot better since Leighton Vander Esch came back, but their secondary just got a lot healthier. And then I like what I've seen some, from Dalton, some of his efficiency numbers. I, I think it's tough coming right off the bench and getting thrown right in and expected to win. Now he's gotten some games under his belt. He's got talent around him. I mean, I think they're even uh, – Pollard looks better than Zeke. At least he's running a little bit harder this year. Give me the Cowboys getting two and a half points is what I see right now. Everyone loves the Eagles, but I'm still not sold on Jalen Hurts. I think he's young. He's still got a lot to learn. Cowboys at home, give me two wins in a row. Very uncomfortable. I'd probably go with like a Randy Moss, maybe like an 84 uncomfortable there. It's Because it is the Cowboys. they got a ton of talent, so I'm not in the 90s for sure. All right. I, I like where your head is at with that because you're right. Betting on the Cowboys is uncomfortable. One thing that I would say, there is value on betting the Cowboys with Andy Dalton because everybody loves to just trash Andy Dalton. Oh, this guy's not good. But if we look at the backup quarterbacks in the NFL, Andy Dalton would probably be in the top 10 of backups. So his perception is not as bad as reality. And by no means is that a ringing endorsement for Andy Dalton. <laughs> so let's get to our pick a loser. And the goal of this is to think different. We want to identify a losing bet. Oh, what a loser. And for me, I'm going back to the well, and my losing bet is Washington minus two and a half, and that is a play on the Panthers plus two and a half. And last week, I believe the stat I gave was the Panthers were six and three against the spread as underdogs. They struggled when they are favorites. The only thing that is uncertain here with us doing this on Tuesday is I don't know who the quarterback's going to be for Washington. Uh, Dwayne Haskins was just in a strip club without a mask on, which is bad news for me because if Dwayne Haskins is that quarterback, sign me up times a million because I would love to fade Dwayne Haskins and Teddy covers over there can just two gloves his way to a nice little cover for us right there. So that's the uncertainty that I'm dealing with right here. Uh, Washington's defense has been extremely impressive right there, but I'm just going based on what I know the Panthers do well, and that is covering as a dog. So my pick a loser is Washington minus two and a half. I like that. You better hope Dwayne Haskins plays Mr. Checkdown over there. He cost me a big bet. I had the Seahawks last week, but he overall, I will bet against Haskins every week. My pick a loser will be the same team. I was talking the 49ers. I bet against them last week. I'm going to bet against them this week. I, I, I don't like Mullins. I'm not a fan of Mullins at all. And now that their playoff contention is near zero, my, it's, it's, I, it's a team I don't like to bet on. And the Cardinals, on the other hand, they're coming in for the playoffs. They're coming in hot. The Cardinals can't defend the pass too well, but they actually their numbers against the rush are pretty solid. So I like them to shut down this 49ers running game, make Mullins beat you, 
It's a, the number's four I'm seeing. So my pick a loser, I just don't like where this Niners team's trending. I bet against them last week with Dallas. I'm going to take a bet against – they're losing again this week. Give me the Cardinals. That's a game where makes complete sense to me. The 49ers, completely uncomfortable. I have no faith whatsoever in understanding anything that's going to go on with them. The thing about the Cardinals and their narrative is I did not forget that for the last four weeks leading up to this – Everyone said, what is wrong with the Cardinals? What is wrong with the Cardinals? What is wrong with Kyler Murray's injury? It was like injury, injury, injury. And then this week I heard, oh, Kyler Murray's healthy again. And I'm like, did I just miss something? Because for a month straight he was injured, yet somehow in the last week his shoulder got healthy. Nonetheless, he straight balled out. So he looked the part. But Sometimes you just have to be careful with the media narrative that you're hearing because if we're paying attention to what's really going on there, um, I don't completely trust the Cardinals, even though I trust them way more than I do the 49ers. I'm right there with you. I'm in Arizona. I read all those media reports too, and there were all different stories on Kyler's shoulder, but he looked good to me last week. Uh, it's, it's the coaching, the play calling that I think has kind of kept us down, but a divisional rival. The Niners have been they, – they were the team last year. Obviously, went to the Super Bowl. I think we're going to give it to them this week. Get them, hopefully, by a touchdown. All right, let's get to our big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the week. I see they got the big Mac. I got the big Mick. The goal of this is just to produce a winning bet. That is it. All we need is a winner. And you know what's crazy, Sean? It is not easy to produce a winning money line bet because this year, I think even more than others, I've gone multiple weeks in a row with not winning this bet. And I'm just sitting here looking at this being like, all right, what are the double digit spreads or what are the games that I like? And this doesn't mean I'm not looking at spreads that are minus three or minus four, but sometimes you look at the slate and you're like, all right, I got to go with the big one. So for me, this week seemed too easy, but I'm just going to go with it. I've got a four-teamer that plays plus 116. Give me the Ravens money line, the Chiefs money line, the Bucks money line, and gulp the Browns money line. So Ravens taking on the Giants. Uh, the Ravens typically do well versus bad teams. Is the Giants a bad team? I think so. They were hot for like a hot second a few weeks ago. I don't believe in them. I actually think that the Ravens are going to be the team where heading into the playoffs, they're going to say, uh-oh, watch out because the Ravens have won five in a row. Next, Chiefs taking on the Falcons. I will auto bet against the Falcons, against the Chiefs all the time. Bucks lions I have no idea what's going on with Matthew Stafford and that Lions team. The Bucks haven't exactly looked good, but they look way better than the Lions. And the Browns-Jets, the only hesitation I have is, are the Jets on the come up in some capacity, question mark? This doesn't mean I love the Jets. <clears throat> but if I have to identify which of these teams could potentially lose, do we have faith that Baker Mayfield is the most consistent quarterback and that the Browns couldn't lose to the Jets because we didn't think the Rams could lose to the Jets, yet here we are. So Ravens, Chiefs, Bucks, Browns, Moneyline Parlay. I like it. So I, this is my third time coming on the NFL podcast this season with you. And I went back. My big McMoneyline parlays have all won the two previous podcasts. So I think I'm going with another winner for you guys here. And I completely agree with you on the Chiefs. And I completely agree with you on the Bucs. Uh, the, the Lions are dealing with COVID issues right now, too. That just came out today. Who knows how much practice they're going to be. But I, I have total faith in the Bucs 
If they can come back from 17 against the Falcons, uh, they should come out a little bit more motivated and definitely steamroll this Lions team. But I'm going with my third team, the scary your Bears and Maserati Mitch. I, I like taking the Jags at that high number over a touchdown. I love that number. But I do think the Bears are going to get the job done. Uh, I, I like the way the defense is playing here. And they, they still have an outside chance at the playoffs. And the Jags team, to me, uh, I can see a backdoor cover them staying within the number. But they're just they're not giving me much. I think the Bears get the job done. That would be the third one. Uh, it pays uh, pretty close to even odds. They're slightly over even odds, actually. Makes sense to me. And I was actually thinking of a five-teamer. The Texans Ooh. were going to be the last team right there. Uh, but do we have any faith whatsoever that the Texans can be consistent against anyone? God forbid, as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. But when I was looking at, all right, how do you want to get down and lose? The two teams I did not include were the Texans and actually the Saints. The Vikings have been a complete enigma to me all year. Thank God for the last two weeks, I've had no Vikings action because they are just trash to anybody who bets on them. But if the Vikings beat the Saints, would you be surprised? No, because that's what the Vikings do. They make you believe that they're good and then they lose for four weeks in a row against the spread and you're like, what's going on here? <laughs> No, that, that, that game, the Saints, Saints without Michael Thomas, are, they, they have a different quarterbacks every week. Drew Brees, he looked better in the second half, or at least after the first quarter of that Chiefs game, he got kind of warmed up. But I'm right there with you. I, I didn't want to touch the Saints at all. Uh, the Vikings, Dalvin Cook, whenever they get heated up, that defense, that defense, didn't, I think they made the Bears punt one time last week, so that's what also frightens me. But I, I think that number's right where it should be, and yeah, I, I didn't throw that in there either. It scares the daylights out of me. All right, let's do some lightning round and bounce around and look at some of these other games. What are your thoughts on Colts laying two on the road, taking on the Steelers? So I've been on a hill about this Colts team all year. I've, they've, they've definitely made me some money, so I, I would get behind them again in this situation, especially if the numbers below three. Big Ben didn't look right to me. Yeah, I mean, this, this Steelers team, I know they always kind of play down their competition, and – I, it is in Pittsburgh, which uh, gives me some pause. It's going to be cold, obviously. But this Colts team is almost built for a while. They're almost not even built as a dome team. They're almost more built for playing outdoors in the cold, playoff weather in the, later in the season. Give me the Colts minus two. So in this game, the Steelers' defense is just decimated with injuries. As someone who's from Pittsburgh, defensively, no Bud Dupree, no Devin Bush, no tons of middle linebackers. And the offensive line was just getting gobbled up right there. The only way I'm touching this game on either side is in live betting because I have to see something because right now the Steelers, you would be buying them the lowest possible. So that is the only thing I would say about this is the Steelers have looked horrible for a month straight, literally four straight games, terrible. But in sports betting, we like to identify teams that are backed into a corner right now. So you know, they know the entire world is looking at them saying, oh, you're losing again. They don't want to have to go and win another game to try and win the division and then go into the playoffs limping in. This is a get right game, but I'm not willing to put money on it pregame. I need to see stuff with my own eyes first. I need to see them run the ball. I know Connor, Connor might be back. Snell ran for 85 yards, but he, he didn't look very – in the beginning, they, they didn't establish the run. They're, they're, it just doesn't look like a normal Steelers team to me right now. So it's not a team I'm looking to get behind. But as you said, it is the ultimate buy low spot. So I couldn't blame you, especially as the week progresses, if we get some more information on who's going to be running the ball and how healthy that line is. But, yeah, the Colts, the Colts have done me right. I, 
as long as that line's below three, I wouldn't, I'd like the Colts there. So to me, this looks like it's a very much a live betting week. So here's a few of the other numbers that stood out to me. Um, we mentioned Washington, the Panthers. That's a two, two and a half spread. Your Cowboys, Eagles, that's two. Seahawks, Rams, that's at one and a half right there. Packers, Titans, three and a half. So with these lines like this, there's a really good opportunity to get above or below key numbers, depending on which side you like, because with everything so tight right here, and it's one of the big victories for me is it doesn't mean I win every one of my live bets, but I feel better on the value I get. And if I'm looking at a bunch of these two numbers one way or another, to me, I'm not seeing value at two because it's pretty much like, well, who's going to win this game? And it's pretty much saying it's a 50-50 toss-up to begin with. No, I, I, I like your live betting strategy, especially this week in weeks. At the very end, you should look back at the final score of these games and see how close they are to these numbers, these pre – I guarantee they're going to be so close. So that's what, If one team scores, one team gets a big lead, yes, back the other team. Because I guarantee by the end of the game, the market has these teams figured out so well that these numbers are so tight that I like that strategy. I'm probably going to use that strategy this week too. I, I love it. Last game, we got the Bills laying seven on the road, taking on the Patriots. And the Bills have been probably the most undervalued team all season because of the narrative of, oh, this is the week the 49ers beat them. Oh, this is the week the Steelers beat them, even though the narrative changed once the Steelers started losing. But it seemed week after week, oh, the the Bills can't win on primetime. Well, here they are. They just clinched the division. We have a Patriots team officially eliminated from the playoffs. There's nothing there. Cam Newton looks terrible. Damian Harris has been injured. Stephon Gilmore is not going to be playing. You see every reason why you'd want to back the Bills. But at the same time, how much of a champagne hangover are the Bills going to have from just cleansing the division here? I don't feel comfortable betting either one of these sides at this number right here, even though I will continue to be a Bills fan. And I think that the Bills will actually be extremely popular heading into the playoffs because everyone is loving the narrative that they can score as many points as the Chiefs. And Josh Allen has gone from this guy makes terrible decisions to wait a second, this guy just improved his completion percentage to where he's sixth in the NFL. He is everything that you want in a quarterback. And oh, by the way, Stefan Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in football. That is a recipe for success. No, I couldn't agree more. Josh Allen having a breakout year. His efficiency numbers are just off the charts. He's impressed me incredibly, but I think that line is exactly where it needs to be at seven. I, I, if it goes to seven and a half, I'd probably touch the Patriots. If it goes down to six and a half, I'd probably touch the Bills. But I think you just nailed that game perfectly. It is, though. Bill Belichick, Monday night is. But then again, the Patriots are. I mean, how much more do they have left? I mean, they're all – they're a veteran team. And as you said, Cam, it's not – they've played on Monday night games, and it does seem like the Bills' year. So I, I would – if that – whatever way that number bounces, if it bounces off seven, I'd grab that number. That's how I'd approach that game. Are there any games that I didn't talk about that you have thoughts on? Because we've got Chargers, Broncos. To me, that's Barf City because I don't want to be betting on Drew Locke. I don't want to be betting on Anthony Lynn right there. Uh, Dolphins, Raiders. I don't trust the Raiders whatsoever. The Dolphins are super, super high right now. Seems a little trappy for me that, once again, we've seen this a couple of times with the Dolphins. You look at the line and you're like, 
this seems too easy because the Dolphins are a playoff team and the Raiders have been bad and might be starting Marcus Mariota just does not pass my sniff test. Yeah, it's yeah, a lot of people always go into that the final weeks of the season. Well, this team is playing for something. And in, in professional football, it I mean, if the team is healthy, that's that Raiders plus three really intrigues me because I do think the Dolphins are slightly overrated. I think they're some of their turnover luck has been outrageous this year. Tua, he, he doesn't throw that deep downfield, though. And I, even if Mariota plays, I was impressed with the way Mariota was throwing the ball last week. So I wouldn't mind grabbing the Raiders probably there. The other, the Chargers game, I might look at the over. I, I, every Chargers game, I've looked at the over. I, their team total over. I love the way Herbert's throwing the ball right now, especially playing in the Dome uh, last game of the season. Uh, I always look at the over for the Chargers. That's where I'd probably look there. I love that. And speaking of one thing that I forget to mention every week, uh, the auto bet is the Titans over every week. Last week, I did not get it because with Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback, they're hitting some insane number as the over because all they do is score points. So I don't even know what the total is on that game. I'm going to be on the over on the Titans because that's what they do. So Sean, and a half. It's in Lambeau though. It's in cold 55 and a half. That's a number right now. Derrick Henry's going to run for a bajillion yards <laughs> yeah, would be uh, the only thing, but you can see a track meet because what do we not trust that Titans defense because they can just be torn up. I agree. I agree. So Sean always enjoy jamming with you. Where can everybody connect with you? I'm on Twitter at duh, D a real R E A L Papa bear P A P A bear. Always down to chat sports. I put out free plays. Got a free play out tonight on college hoops. Uh, just hit me up. And I want to hear from you. What is going to be on your NFL week 16 card? Do you have a big Mick pick a loser or uncomfortable bet? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use sharp 600 and be part of our community and also make sure to tag at covers. And I wanted to send some good vibes out to you, the listener for being part of this community and for engaging with us on social and supporting both Sean and I in this. Um, It is the season of giving. And I hope that you and your family and your loved ones and everyone around you has an amazing holiday, no matter if you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah or anything like that. Want to send that positive energy your way. And I want to do that in the form of some winning bets for all of us. So when you're getting down this, this Christmas or this end of the year, hit both Sean and I up. Let us know what you think about this podcast, how you're getting down, because we love jamming with you guys. And we want to thank you for all that you do. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money. The book of the devil hits you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rope. Looking like the way the sound pump, pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than two pops.